0: hello everybody and welcome to episode 33 wow 33 episodes in of the resilient leaders podcast where a growing community of leaders hold the bone deep conviction that resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea it's required i'm jr briggs Clearly, the trains are not running on time in 2020. We know this. We feel this. And I imagine that's why you're tuned into this podcast, to learn how to be resilient when the train schedules are all out of whack. I'm glad you're here. Now, a few months ago, I shared on this podcast how about how we lead when we don't know how long the race is going to be. And I shared the story about the time where I ran an accidental 10K. Now, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, let me encourage you to go back and listen to episode 11. Now, I said that we must think not like we're running a sprint, but much more like we're running a marathon. But you know what? I'm here to tell you something. I was wrong. (laughs) That metaphor is not quite right. You've heard me say that in order to lead resiliently, we have to think resiliently. And I'm here to tell you, my mind has been changed. Recently, I was listening to Guy Kawasaki. Now, if you don't know much about Guy Kawasaki or who he is, you really should. I love the way this guy thinks. He's a marketing specialist, author, podcaster, and Silicon Valley venture capitalist. But he's probably best known as one of the Apple employees originally responsible for marketing their Macintosh computer over 35 years ago. I've always appreciated the way Guy thinks. And here's what he said. He said, don't think like you're leading this pandemic uh, as a sprint. Don't even think about it as a marathon. Instead, think of it like a decathlon where many different skills are needed to participate. Of course, in a decathlon, there are 10 events over a two-day period of competition. Day one, 100 meters, long jump, shot put, high jump, 400 meters. Day two, the 110-meter hurdles, the discus throw, pole vault, javelin throw, and 1,500 meters. Man, I'm tired just listing those events. Now, traditionally, the title of world's greatest athlete has been given to the person who wins the decathlon. And this title of world's greatest athlete began when King Gustav V of Sweden told Jim Thorpe, you, sir, are the world's greatest athlete after Thorpe won the decathlon at the Stockholm Olympics in 1912. Now, moving from thinking like a marathon runner in this new reality to thinking like a decathlete is incredibly helpful. And it's changed my paradigm to realize that we need more than one skill of running. We need other skills in order to be resilient. I'm still pondering the metaphor, but I appreciate how that thought is pushing me into new ways of thinking and hopefully new ways of leading. Now, don't worry, the pressure's off. You and I don't need to be the world, world's greatest athlete, but if we can think like a decathlete, maybe we can be seen as a resilient leader. And I hope this podcast will help you with your running, but also with other elements in leadership besides just running. As this podcast develops, we'll explore in greater depth focus, and specificity, what I believe to be the other elements of resilient leaders decathlon. More on that later. Now, let's jump into our main topic today, and it's this, why resilient leaders must think ruthlessly about what's on our to-don't list. Now, listen, to-do lists are important. I use them all the time. But let me be clear, they're easy. Everyone has a to-do list. But to-don't lists are even more important, and they are difficult. They require immense discipline, and few leaders utilize them. But those who do are some of the best, most resilient, most focused, and most effective leaders that I know. Now, this really congealed in my mind a handful of years ago when I read the book Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less, by Greg McCune. In fact, it's a book that I read one or two times a year. Now, to be clear, to-do lists are important. Like I said, I have one almost every day of my life. They are helpful to keep me focused. I like goals. I like progress. So they help me in many different ways. But nothing clarifies my perspective more than my to don't list now some of you might be thinking wait a minute briggs in episode 28 you talked about keeping an idea journal to generate new ideas and new initiatives yes i did and those are important and we should still do that tempering that though sometimes our best ideas are to choose what to eliminate or stop doing or to minimize in order to be more effective we need to trim the rose bushes of the good roses on the bush so the nutrients Flow to the best ones. Now, here is Greg McCune's book in one phrase. Are you ready? The relentless pursuit of less but better. Greg keeps referring to this in his book. He keeps repeating that phrase less but better. He wrote that only a few things really matter. We live in a world where almost everything is worthless and very few things are exceptionally valuable. A non essentialist thinks almost everything is essential but an essentialist thinks almost everything is non-essential. Greg says that to discern what is truly essential, we need space to think, time to look and listen, permission to play, wisdom to sleep, and discipline to apply highly selective criteria to the choices that we make. The best, most resilient leaders are not those who do it all. They're the ones who purposefully refuse to attempt to do it all. You know, the Latin root, Word for decision is cis or SID, which means to cut or to kill. Now, Jack Dorsey, the co founder and CEO of Twitter, uh, but CEO for him does not stand for what you think it does. To Dorsey, it stands for chief editorial officer. And he said this by editorial, I mean there are a thousand things we could be doing but there are only one or two that are really important. Let me say that again. Jack Dorsey said, by editorial, I mean there are a thousand things we could be doing, but there are only one or two that are really important. This is called deliberate subtraction. Very simply stated, if it isn't a clear yes, then it's a clear no. McEwen quotes Socrates, who said, beware the barrenness of a busy life. We can do so many things and not really get anything significant done. One quote included in the book continues to stay with me years later, something Derek Sivers said. He said, quote, no more yes. It's either heck yeah or no. When I'm asked to help with a project or join a board or coach a new leader or launch a new initiative, I listen to my inner voice. And if I hear myself saying, well, I could do that. That might work out. It might be okay. Okay. I've learned that my answer needs to be no. But if I hear myself saying, heck yes, that sounds awesome. What a great project to jump into. I'm passionate and I believe I can help with this. Then I say yes. It's amazing how much clarity and simplicity and also margin I can have in my leadership when I listen for the heck yes voice in my head. You cannot be resilient if you say yes to every opportunity that comes your way. We are so afraid of FOMO, the fear of missing out, but we have to be the CEO, the chief editorial officer of our lives. McCune does a masterful job of explaining in the book how to know when to say no and even how to say no. His book lays out the process to help leaders identify your priorities and then aligning your life and schedule to those priorities. And ultimately, it's then about asking the right questions. Questions such as, Am I investing in the right activities? What is my highest level of contribution? What if we stopped celebrating being busy as a measurement of importance? What if the whole world shifted from the undisciplined pursuit of more to a disciplined pursuit of less, only better? If you could do only one thing with your life right now, what would would you do? What questions are you trying to answer right now? What's creating the most stress in your life and why that? If we could be truly excellent at one thing, what would it be? How will we know if we have succeeded? What is the most important right now and the big one? What is non-essential? At the author's encouragement, I decided to do what he called a quarterly personal offsite day to evaluate how I was doing in this area of essentialism. Pre-pandemic, I would travel regularly to the Chestnut Hill neighborhood of Philadelphia to Chestnut Hill Coffee Company. I would order a vanilla latte and a chocolate croissant and head upstairs for about three hours of deep thinking and purposeful reflection. The evening before I would head out on my quarterly personal offsite, I would print out the past three months of my calendar as well as the next three months in the future. I leave my phone in the car, my laptop at home, and I only bring into the coffee shop my journal, a copy of my summary notes that I typed up from Greg's book an essentialism worksheet I created, and printed off sheets of my Google calendar. And I sit for a good three hours and evaluate my priorities. I take the pages of the past three months of my calendar and I spend time looking back, thinking like a journalist on my own life by asking these questions. What happened in the past 90 days of my life? What were the highlights? Where did I experience failure? What did I learn from it? What observations can be made about my life with how I spent my time? Ultimately, I'm answering the questions, where did my time go and did it align with my priorities and my calling? After doing that, then I reflect on my own life in the present. I take out my journal and I write the answers to these questions. What is of ultimate importance to me? What questions am I currently wrestling with? What am I curious about in this season? And what is my highest level of contribution? And after doing that, then I pull out my calendar for the next three months into the future. And I ask these questions. What have I already committed to with my time? What have I already said yes to? And does what I plan on doing match what is most important? Are there any non-heck-yes commitments on here? What six things do I want to accomplish in the next six weeks? What are the five things that I will say no to in this season? What strategic risks can I take in this season? What should I be investing in and who should I be investing in? It's amazing how much clarity I find in doing this exercise. And I've been doing it for the past handful of years. This requires discipline and pushing away from the daily tasks in order to think big picture, but it's crucial. Doing so has helped me be a healthier, more well-rested, less frenetic, less distracted, and less anxious leader, and ultimately a more resilient one. I highly recommend the book. This book has changed the way I work forever, and I think it can have that impact on you as well. If you're interested, I'm willing to provide you with the essentialism worksheet that I created. If you want a PDF of it, just email me. My contact info is in the show notes, and I'd be glad to pass it along. I've also put a link to the book in the show notes. Pick it up. You won't regret it. It will help you develop your to-don't list. I've worked with countless leaders that I've coached throughout the years on their to-don't list. Now, listen, all leaders I work with have a to-do list that's a mile long. We have too much to do as leaders, but when we do the disciplined work of trimming it down to what is most essential, it's amazing what you can do and who you can be as a leader. If I can help you do the same, let's talk. Remember, to- to-do lists are important, but they're easy. To-don't lists, your stop-doing lists are more important and they are difficult, and thus few leaders actually utilize them. Be one of those rare but effective leaders who refuses to attempt to do it all, because in doing so, it will help you focus on your goals, priorities, and calling. And when you do this, you will most certainly be a more resilient leader. Well, thanks for joining me today. This podcast is produced as always by the innovative Joel Lim Bowen at On A Limb Productions. Visit onalimproductions.com to see his great video and podcast work. Leaders be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning and make it a priority to develop your to-don't list.